Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Matt and Johnny. In season two, we're inviting inspiring guests onto the show to talk about their journey and how they can influence others. We're really happy to have Kate Ovens on the show this week to talk about her food challenges, the pressure she faces being a popular face on social media and the future for her journey. Some of Kate's posts have over 2 million hits and we wanted to see what type of pressure comes along with that. Please don't forget to like, subscribe and comment and we hope you enjoy. Hello guys, welcome back to Let's Talk with Matt and Johnny and today's guest, Kate Ovens, social media queen. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a little chat with her, we've got a few questions we're going to ask. Um, so Kate, welcome to our podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on and Queen, that's like, uh, that's a title I'm not worthy of completely. <laughs> <laughs> Statement right there. <laughs> yes sir, or like author or something, you know, that's more accurate. <laughs> Um, Kate, if you uh, sort of start us off a little introduction of where you are, where you are with life at the moment. Obviously, we're going through a weird time with COVID and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, what, what's your job? What's your role? Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself before we we dig in. So, hi, I'm Kate. I am sort of, I, I guess, sort of jump to straight to it. I am probably mainly known for doing the like man versus food challenges. I do present a lot of sort of food style videos online, um, like mainly on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, I'm basically popping up all over your timeline and I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, no, it's sort of like food blogging, I guess is probably one of the titles I'd go by. It's sort of from the food challenges, for some reason people have asked, you know, trust my taste buds. So I get messages all the time and then it started ended up like working with brands and things like that and sort of, you know, I understand that like during COVID, I, the fir- I mean, the first couple of months was pretty dead. I mean, my, I had to keep checking my email box to make sure that it was still working. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, you know, sort of, I wasn't blessed to be like one of those ones where, you know, work was steadily coming through. I think just everything went to a halt right at the start and it was completely understandable. I was being approached by some like very, very big companies and they were sort of like, we we got on really well like me and the PR and everything and um they were approaching me to be like we do have stuff coming out in April and I was like probably not the best time to promote this massive world leader corporate brand kind of thing whilst all my favorite independents are going down the toilet because this was like you know before the the whole like scene and they weren't pressuring me at all they were like no no we completely understand like we would never ask you to do something that wasn't comfortable with you so I just I went I retreated back to my parents quite early on and I basically found my whole like old gaming stash and like I didn't do any work just played like rollercoaster tycoon and like crash bandicoot for weeks it sounds like the dream to me and that just sounds incredible just literally just tuck yourself away and just playing retro games sounds incredible yeah it, it was kind of like tucking myself away but then i was like i do still need to kind of keep this presence up so there's yeah. me like handing over the camera to my mum being like hi mum can you just take a picture of me like playing crap <laughs> <laughs> People seem to quite like it, which sort of made me realise. I was like, maybe I should start getting into this again. <laughs> yeah, be a gamer. <laughs> I don't think I've got the. I don't think I've got the like expressiveness to be a gamer. It would just be me there in complete silence, blank face, and any time I don't. Am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just oh, like uttering the word "fuck" under my breath, like it wouldn't be exciting. I think you know, I'd probably look like. 
I, I always find that I, if I ever like I'm upset, I remind myself of like Simon from the Inbetweeners. You know, we get really, really agitated. Like that, it, it would be more like I'd get more views because of how pathetic I am, not for being a good gamer or anything like that. So it does worry me a little about that whole sphere. Okay, I'm going to leave gamers to the day, like gaming to the gamers. Yeah. <laughs> And what, um, what really, obviously, you, you, you're now known for, for all of this and, and you're getting like massive hits on, on some of the stuff. I mean, I've, just some of the, the videos that are even on your Facebook, you're getting like 2 million hits and stuff. It's absolutely crazy. It's, and, and well done for that. You, you've obviously, you know, it's really, really good. But what made you go into it? What, what, what kind of made you think, oh, this is, this is what I want to try and do? Um, I, like, it sort of started as... Um, I don't know, I was watching Man Vs. Food at the time. I think this was maybe around about like the age of 16. And I was like, I was never the fat kid growing up. I was always like on the slightly chubbier side. I was always bigger than all the girls in my year, like height wise and things. And I always was just like, I carried weight with me. I wasn't a lucky one that just didn't seem to gain a pound. I definitely did. And, um, and it sort of started from like, I started dieting around the age of like 16, 17. And as I was dieting, I was practically torturing myself by watching things like Man Vs. Food. And like, there were YouTubers doing it. There weren't like many, but there were a few. So I was, you know, blitzing through all of their videos, just like late up at night, starving, you know, wanting some, something ridiculous to eat or whatever. And I was watching these videos and I was like, I really think I can do this. And I gave a couple a go and one of like the, the main one that kind of went viral was the one that kind of got picked up by, um, by Lab Bible. And then I started having friends being like, you should really make a page for this. And like, this wasn't really, I think it was back in, this was my second year of uni. So like 2014. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really that kind of like time of, you know, there's a lot of people on Instagram now. It's much more common to kind of promote yourself and things. At the time, there just wasn't that many people. And mm -hmm. I just didn't have the guts to kind of be like, I'm going to make a page all about me kind of thing. It just seemed very <laughs> arrogant and a bit cringy. And it's gave me, it took me about a year to like sort of build up the courage to do it. But as I started doing it, like I told my very, very close group of friends, but I didn't like, you know, it's like you've got peers and you've got friendship groups, but it's not like I did just like the, the casual, like invite all button. I was terrified of what other people would think about it. And I know that, you know, people probably spoke, like talked about, about it behind my back during the early stages. Cause I think everyone's, you know, if, if you're putting yourself out there, you're opening yourself up to criticism and, mm. um, I, it's kind of funny because obviously with everything that came now, it's just like, I kind of just wish I started earlier and just, you know, but you grow up, you learn and everything and you watch what other people do and sort of take in from that. So everything happens for a reason, but yeah, I kind of wish I'd started it all earlier. <laughs> so just touching on the social media stuff then, Kate, mm -hmm. would you say you're a confident person? So before the whole social media, before starting this up, would mm -hmm. you say you were a confident individual? Um, yes and no I think it was like I'm confident when I'm surrounded by the people that I'm comfortable with but like me walking into a I don't know it's like me walking into a room of like new people I was excited to meet them but like I wasn't the most like sort of going in and being you know I knew exactly where I was going and what I was doing I was fumbling all over the place I had 
no idea. I mean, the whole way through uni, I sucked pretty much. Just like academically, everything, I just sucked. And um, I think through social media and like sort of having people jump on board something that I've always found, you know, I've always loved the challenges and I always thought it was my weird like little niche going off into the internet and finding these guys in America and stuff. And then sort of as time's gone on, more and more people have like appreciated this side of it. And it's kind of like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, sure. In terms of like social media, mm-hmm. um, like everyone's got their own opinion of what, how they feel about social media. So like recently, I just literally took a week off social media because it was just too much. Like mm-hmm. I'd post all the time on stories. Now, do you, how, you know, does it affect you every now and then? Do you get that? Oh, do you feel that you need to post a story or post content? I know like some of the branded stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's part of your job, but do you feel, do you feel pushed feel the pressure? Uh, yes and no. Like yes, in some senses and no in others as well. Like what we do is completely different. I feel, I feel like yours is like a real thing that you need to, you know, like kind of keep online, keep pushing and you know, you're, it's not just you who you're looking after, like you're looking after like a whole team of people. It's kind of like they look to you to being the person. So I can understand like the guilt that you'd feel with that. Whereas with me, it's, it's very egotistical. Like it's all, it's just me kind of thing. I can, you know, I can sort of swan off and no one gets affected type thing. So I guess there's probably less guilt in terms of that. But with, with social media, like, you know, you've always got to be concerned that like brands are going to be looking at your page and like if your engagement's good and you know, what kind of things does your audience want to see? Like I've noticed that they don't, they, which sucks. Like they don't want to see my friends and I'm like, but I love my friends <laughs> kind of thing. And it's like, you know, I want to post it, but they might not want to see it. And there's nothing wrong with posting that, but with obviously if you guys probably all know about social media and things, it's kind of like if you do a couple of like wrong posts and the algorithm starts pushing you down and it's just all this kind of like stuff that you think about. So you always try and think to be on top of your game. But I've, t- I've taken time off. Like, like I said, I think, I think I differ from a lot of people because um, mine is so just about me, whereas yours is a real business. Like you do have other people to like look after and think of and think of the consequences in like terms of that. So I can understand the complete guilt, but I won't lie to you. Like my, my old flatmate, who's like my best friend in the world, she, we've lived together for like three years and stuff. And then she had this like sudden amazing opportunity to move to Australia. And I just got really upset. There was no other reason. And I pretty much just came off social media for like a month. And I was just like, yeah, not even gonna, you know, barely explain anything. I'm just like, I'm just upset. I've got to try and find a new housemate wasn't having a good time like she was all she was working stupidly hard I kept just retreating home and like I sort of did a comeback post where I was like hi like just to let you know why I've not really posted my best mates left kind of upset but it's all okay and I'll crack on like I, I think I take give myself way more breaks than most people on social media <laughs> I'll be interested to know like do you get many um like the negative side of social media like the trolls the people like how do you deal with bad comments and messages you might get i I don't know if you get many uh i don't know yeah but how do you deal with that so i personally like i'm very very lucky and i'll touch wood completely because i don't know whether it's down to i'm not big time enough to get 
that much hatred or anything. I really don't get hate messages at all from anybody. The only time that I do get it though is if, say, one of my one of my challenges blows up on you know the press and things, and then you hit the Daily Mail, and uh, <laughs> let's be honest, <laughs> yeah. Daily Mail commenters don't like anybody, so yeah. Yeah. you've just got to kind of like take some of the criticism with a you know pinch of salt and things like that and just you know I, years ago a lot of it would get to me i think there's been only a couple of times where it's gotten to me like people have talked about you know it's like i can understand when they say like oh you know wait till this all catches up on her because that's like hypothetical type thing but it's when they sort of say like she's gained weight since like two years ago and it's like oh god that's really pissed me hasn't it <laughs> yeah i mean look credit where credit's due for not getting a huge amount of that because i it's a massive thing in social media and, and, and social media influencers and stars mm. on social media who've mm. grown their business on it. Like we were talking about it in a couple of podcasts ago, but I think it's just a very, it's a very challenging, but the fact you deal with it like that, do you actually sit there and read the daily mail <laughs> comments or do you like, no, I'm not going to read it. Oh, I'm um, not interested. I won't lie to you. I definitely sit there and read them. Yeah, like okay. I'm so terrible for it, but it has kind of played benefit to me on one occasion that I can remember, which was basically so sort of back a few years before sort of even all this kind of like food stuff. I used to be a kid's entertainer. So I used to dress up as like Elsa and go to the kids parties. I did that for about three years. And, um, I was going through one of these like Daily Mail commenters on like Facebook or something and the top comment that got like, like, you know, about nine likes or something was saying, you know, you're such an awful role model to, to girls and all this, that and the other. Bear in mind, my audience is like 70% male. Everyone is age 25 to 34. Like, to be honest, if you're listening to me at this point, you should probably know better. <laughs> but she, put, she was like, you're you know, such a bad influence towards girls and you know, you're wasteful and like all this, that and the other. And I saw, I, you know, had to, being a bit of a, well, just a general girl, you have, to, you have to know a little bit more. So I was like, I really recognize her name so I clicked on her profile and uh and I was like you look incredibly familiar so I responded back and I was like hi let's call her Melissa because I genuinely can't remember her name like hey Melissa um I hope you're well um I'm so sorry that you think that way because actually it was me who was dressed up as Elsa at your daughter's birthday party not too long ago and um not only did you come up to me saying how wonderful I was but also you gave me a huge tip I didn't go into her I didn't oh, do wow. anything or whatever but like I just I was like you know I'm so sorry that you feel that way but like don't judge the 0.4% that you've seen online because you don't know about everything else mm, type yeah. thing and yeah. uh, she deleted the comment <laughs> That's incredible. So yeah, I you know I do I do read them, but like I, you see a lot of the same comments come up. It's the same yeah. things. It's this you know they think they're being so witty, and I'm like I saw this six years ago. This isn't exciting anymore. Like it you know it doesn't really hit home anymore. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. It's it, it's something that I think if anyone puts themselves out on social media, you do need to expect that not mm. everyone is going to like you, which 
is 100% true. I don't go into every situation thinking, wow, every, you know, and I'm someone who tries so hard. I'm like, I want everyone to like me, like the <laughs> fraction. So yeah. like, it's, it just depends, but it also depends on the industry as well. Like I found that the food and drink industry, everyone's lovely. Like everyone that I've spoken to, I'd say there's probably about 1% of people that I've met within this industry that I have a problem with. And even if I do have a problem with them, I, I still find something good about like something that they do that they're either like very good at what they do, that I don't like their attitude or, you know, it's, it's never completely like just pure hatred type thing. Whereas I'm sure there, it might be different in other industries. So I think it's, trying not to take it too much to heart and trying not to like read too much into it but it's hard like you know mm. i'm saying it now but i've had years of experience with it so i don't know i, f I feel like 14 year old me would crumble <laughs> yeah well funny enough you, you say that actually i was just going to say that we as sandra said we you know we talked about this in in a previous podcast of actually you know the positives and negatives to social media that you know there's so many positives of of kind of going you know you can do what you want you can put this image across you can all this kind of stuff but also there's some so many of these people these negative comments and and we did mention the day you know daily mail as, as one thing because that was such a big thing that you actually have no control over you don't have control over those comments or what content's being put out <laughs> you know and exactly and you know and, and it's it is hurtful because they're attacking you personally but it is mm. the way that you're you're dealing with that is is great and i think the thing is is that a lot of people, even just on their own posts on Instagram or Facebook and stuff, they'll they'll look at those comments. They will take them to heart, and you know, and young youngsters do. You know, males and females will look at that and think, "Oh my God, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why don't these people like me? I'm just putting up a picture oh, because that's why." And like, especially if you think that it's a majority, you know, when like the top comment is the most liked type thing, you're like, "Oh my mm. gosh, everyone thinks this. Like, it's not just this one person. It's you know, these all all these other people who may not be outspoken enough to leave a comment, but they're all liking it to show that they agree with it, and mm. so sort of like." that's scary in itself and like the only way you know and I know this is very much like the 101 kind of what every person I'm sure everyone on social media would say to you is to deal with it write a response and don't send it it can literally be so therapeutic I've sent responses well sent sent I've like done responses that have been like this big like attacking every single line saying you know how wrong they are and things like that and then you just delete it and you do feel so much better because it's just kind of like it's in the universe in a way, but it's not because they have no idea. And you don't want to feed them either because I find that the people who leave those negative comments, if they've taken the time to like let you know that they're thinking negatively about it, like, don't get me wrong, I think everyone knows that they're being bitched about behind their back at some point. It's just, you know, someone to actively be negative and know that that person's going to see it as well you've just kind of got to be like, well, to be honest, you know, there's, there's something clearly more going on here. So you've got to be like, quite thick skinned, right? Pardon, sorry. You've got to be quite thick skinned. Really? Yes and no. Cause I don't think I'm like, you know, one of those people who can go into a situation and be like, I don't care if no one likes me. Like I want, I still want everyone to like me. So it, it's kind of a weird sensation of like thick skinned where it's just, it's almost like you've just kind of got to accept it, but like that still doesn't mean that you need to take everything, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. if you're getting criticized for like absolutely everything, you know, there's something clearly not 
quite right. You know, you need to step away from social media at that point for a bit because that's just, that's not going to do you like, that's going to mentally mess with you completely. Like, I also think if you're, if you're, if people are spreading hate on social media and commenting, they're coming from a place of hate. So mm. it's kind of their issue as well. There's one thing that I know I speak about all the time. Uh, Gary V says like anyone that, you know, comments hate, he just shows them empathy and thanks them for their time. They spent their time and they're spreading their hate from within them. So I love how patronizing <laughs> that is as well. Just like, yeah. thank you so much for your like, time. Like you imagine the person that you, you like load or whatever is thanking you for an angry comment. Like, how much more upsetting that is to, yeah, like, yeah. to have. Yeah. That's such a great method of doing it because you're patronizing yeah. them, but you're coming across as the better person. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. But also if someone else is spreading hate or negative comments, it shows whatever you're doing on social media is working because it's reaching them from an organic <laughs> point. It's, it's reaching them. So uh, there's, that, there's that point as well. Absolutely. And like any, there's only one person who's kind of like, push my buttons I'd say and it's a guy on you know I'm not even going to say which platform because I know that he's one of these people that thrives off of the negativity like I went through some of his profile and he's got like you know he's he's very sexist he's got like all of like so many weird problems about him and then um I mean, this is like a rarity type thing, but like this guy literally, I think he's mental. Cause like he got, I was reading through the, like I stalked back a, a while back. I was really intrigued about to know more about this guy. And um, he had like, he'd been kicked out of a club by this girl. Like this was all for me to read on Twitter. Like it was easy to find and everything. He'd been kicked out of this club by this girl and this girl had like done this tweet. And he was so like, is narcissistic the right word? Like he was so narcissistic about it that he retweeted it. And like, he'd gotten a screenshot of her being like, this guy's a creep getting kicked out of the club and everything. And he'd taken her tweet and got it printed on a shirt and retweeted the, the whole thing. I was just like, this kid is mental. Wow. <laughs> like, what? That's pretty extreme. <laughs> at some point. It's wow. just, it's wow. so strange. And he's like, and that's kind of, anytime that I see someone who like leaves comments that are similar to him, I'm just like, they're nuts. <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah. Try not listen to the haters. They're they're weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and like you say, you know, it's there's there's and thankfully, you know, you're getting a, a lot of a lot of love on your posts as well, and a lot of people that you know are, you know, congratulating you on your journey and everything that you're doing so far and everything else and and the journey that you've been on over the last you know five six years. That's good to hear. So. Um, yeah, and like I really you know and to try and show my appreciation as much, I try and get back to all the comments that I can like obviously every platform is completely different but on Instagram I do try and make sure that I get back to them because even if it's even if it's as little as like leaving you know wow that looks amazing that's still taking the time to put that comment on there you know to fill the appreciation so I do try my best to kind of give back as much as I get because I mean I would not be where I am without everyone who followed me so like yeah. you know every every prize goes back to the audience kind of thing like it's not for me it's I literally wouldn't be, be doing what I'm doing without having them so I do try my best to kind of give back as much as I can to them yeah yeah and that and this this platform has, has opened other doors as well for you hasn't it i think you know for me being a massive nfl fan as well i'm super jealous of uh, the yeah, opportunities you've been given <laughs> I knew this was coming um, it. it's it's like obviously the the nfl stuff like that's that's really cool like so 
I mean, I won't lie to you. Like, I think in every single NFL thing I've ever done is like, how on earth has food challenges got me to here? Like, <laughs> I like quoted that every time that I've gone to the NFL because I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But like, because of, like, I've always had my love for sport. I'm a big film fan. It's a big game today. So we're going to be watching that. But um, because like football and, um, sorry sport and food they cross post like so much like the the audiences who love their food love their sport yeah, as well and it sort of opened up opportunities because they're like well we know that your audience is going to like this and we want to show them that and they're obviously trying to show you know nfl uk games they're becoming like more and more over the years i think it started at like two three and then like over the years they're adding more they've obviously added like the tottenham stadium and stuff so they want to show people that it's like you know they want to show the the wow factors and like how great it is and you know what you can get with just being in the fan zone and food opportunities and like all this that and the other like they want to show it so that's kind of how i've had my route in and i appreciate it every single time like i don't think i ever go to an nfl game where i'm like you know casual about it i go in i'm like so excited it's one of my favorite things to do every single year apart from this year when obviously yeah you have tickets booked for this year or uh i you know i don't i didn't this year but um but yeah it's it's uh it's, it's definitely something that i've gone to pretty much every year um mm. and it's you know being a massive fan of the sport and and everything else i think it's you know it's great that like i say that these opportunities have, have come out for you just like i say with a similar market and and branching you out into different things it's great you know it's awesome to to kind of give you that opportunity it's one of those like pinch yourself moments like I, yeah. I think the first time i ever went i went as a guest of my friend david who does what he works predominantly in the sports industry he's you know he's like works for like with jd sport and he's like one of their main and uh william hill he's like one of the main presenters there type thing so i went as at first as a guest and i remember like going in and just literally like I did a snapchat like this was when snapchat was like thriving still and like I did this whole like snapchat series of just like it was just me to the camera like don't <laughs> it was me getting like slowly more and more pissed throughout the event <laughs> like not a party at all not business savvy just me having a great time and I was like I you know you see it in you see NFL like if you've if you've not like had the sort of proper insight into the game and like under you know sort of really like looked at it you can only kind of look at it from watching it in films and stuff but when you see it for yourself and when you're like within that atmosphere and you see like you know even just an nfl uk game like the amount of americans who come over to watch their team like mm. that is passion you yeah. would not see that in the championship people going to like to boston to go watch a game or something like yeah, they're just yeah. like you know what i'll catch on telly <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and it's, it's it's you know it's great that, that that type of thing is is like i said has opened those doors for you and and hopefully you know something like that is for the future and, and what what you know what does your future look like have you, have you kind of thought about that or are you kind of generally just taking it kind of day by day? Um, so it's sort of like kind of because obviously i think my main kind of categories have been like sport food i don't know why i started with sport then it's just like that's not everything <laughs> so sorry food sport and then like travel has started to kind of peak up a little bit more like i've always loved travel me and my flat my flatmate is like the travel queen so like how we did it was we do these really really cheap holidays and i'm talking like 
it's amazing how much you can get out of like the cheapest flights, the cheapest hostel for a weekend. And people think that you've like lived this incredible life. And I'm like, it cost us 200 quid for both of us for the whole weekend kind of thing. It's amazing. I don't know how she finds these deals because basically she does the, the flights and the accommodation. I find like the food, the drinks. So like we were, we paired really, really well. And like when I went to like Prague, loads of people were like, you know, could you send me a list of everywhere that you went kind of thing? And I was just like, we did this on such a budget. Like, do you realize this? <laughs> but um, no, so started like doing that and travel is like the one that I quite like to get into. But this year, because over the last couple of years, like me and my flatmate have done so many places and she just moved to Australia. So that was like her big move in back in January when I decided to just pop off social media. <laughs> um, but I wanted to kind of take this time this year to really try and explore around like the UK because I was like, there's so many amazing places. Mm. Don't get me wrong, COVID kind of emphasized that by like two million. I didn't realize that the only place I could explore was my hometown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I went to Newcastle Uni, so I did like a food tour up there because obviously a lot of people associate Newcastle with, you know, like Jolly Shore, drinking. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is an amazing nightlife scene. Like I'm not going to scrap that by any means. But I wanted to show people that like, there is more to do in Newcastle. There's so mm. many places like you only have to even have to go like a 10 minute taxi drive and whatever and you're at the beach type thing it's just showing how much it has to offer so I like did that with having a lot of insight from what I already knew from Newcastle when I went there and then I did one in Birmingham and I took two of my friends who were like Birmingham food bloggers and they guided me around because I'm like I only know a few of the places that you post about from time to time but I don't know Birmingham and I'm not Obviously, I do not get, I could not get away with being a local. So, um, so that was kind of my aim for this year was to actually just explore around the UK, like hit places like Bath and like go to Cardiff and like go to Edinburgh and Glasgow and like just have a little bit of like, you know, just let's show how great the UK is kind of thing. And then hopefully, like I've been speaking to some tourist boards about um, you know, doing some like promotional work with them as well, like going over and showing how great some of the, you know, where the locals go. And I'm sure that there are programs for this and everything. I just kind of want to do it in my own cheap ass way, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Do you plan all this on your, on your own, Kate, or do you have people beyond the scenes or what? Um, so I do this on my own, but when I've, um, so I, I recently, I think it was last September, uh, last time I was on a plane. Um, yeah, last September I went to Philadelphia with the um, Philadelphia Tourist Board and I brought my cameraman with me who is a dear friend of mine. I absolutely adore him. We've just arranged to go for dinner in a couple of weeks and I miss him so much. But I only get him on like the really big projects kind of thing, things that I know that are completely out of my, you know, Basically, I'm not the best editor in the world. I'm barely even average. Like he's incredible and he's a really good friend of mine. And like, he's done a few videos of mine. Um, he's done a couple of like, KFC ones. He actually came with me to Kentucky a couple of years ago. Like he's so great. So all the UK stuff, I'd probably just do in like a vloggy style. But if I was to go like abroad, I'd probably bring him with me because he'd just make it look so much better than well, that was a question I had on 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 content. Like mm -hmm. when you first started, I actually saw one of your videos you were eating a burrito, one of the first videos. Um, oh, that's a good old one. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Um when you 
because I, I love creating content like the vloggy style stuff like when I go traveling and stuff but now as opposed mm-hmm. to when you first started were you you just said you obviously got a cameraman did you used to make all the content yourself did you used to edit everything yourself and then as gradually have you employed other people sent it off to get it um, uh, yeah so funnily enough I pretty much still do most of like the filming and editing myself like my I feel like my skills have gotten a little bit better over the years by using I started at iMovie I used iMovie for about like two years which is probably a lot longer than I should have but I liked it and it was still working for me so it was fine with me but um it was literally me so like that one that you described that was in Reading that was Mission Burrito um I didn't even plan like normally I message like nowadays like you know I email ahead I'm like, hi, I'm coming in. It's all right for me to set up my camera. I literally go and bless the staff in there. Just go in like, hi, am I all right to just set up my tripod in here? <laughs> and they were just wow. like, yes, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm still to this day, I am a terrible vlogger. Like, I get very nervous around vlogging around other people. I find it amazing. Even like, I know people who've got like an audience of, you know, 300 people on YouTube, whatever. And they are the most confident people walking down like the middle of London High Street, people, cascades of people like either side of them. And they are just walking in, phone in hand. They're like, hi guys, welcome back to my channel and all this and the other. And it looks like they've been doing it for years. You see me doing it. I will find the most quiet high street in London. I will make sure that there is not a single person on this street. I will walk down it and I will probably do this about two or three times because I am that nervous that I end up messing up and try and have to go back to make sure to retrace my steps so that there is at least one person coming behind so I'm not like completely on my own. Vlogging, <laughs> so, you know, I still like even you know, even after doing this for years and things, I feel more confident coming in with a bloody tripod and setting that all up because it makes me feel more more professional. Whereas mm. if I'm, you know, there with my vlogging camera and stuff and I'm trying to get better, but it's, I still struggle with it. I, you know, I find it amazing that some people are just so brash. Like in America, it's a lot easier because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't kind of stay, stay you down, but you know, in the UK, we're all so nosy and we're all like, we're, everyone's like looking at you. Who is this? To out who they... you are. And they just like, <laughs> yeah. who this girl is. Like, is she supposed to be someone? And those are the thoughts that are going through your head. Like, no, no, I'm just no one. Like, just go about your day. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, I don't, I don't think it really gets any easier. I mean, sort of even with, like with everything that I do and I do this full time and I'm still the one who's like trying to find the quietest high street so that I don't, vlog in front of others so yeah it's what works for you isn't it you know it's, if, if if that works for you that you know your videos and the way that people are watching your videos is that it's all set up and a, you know you're in a, a tripod or you're kind of in a corner of a restaurant and you do all these challenges and stuff you know mm. it looks like you know to me when I'm watching them it looks like you've got like a whole team camera crew lighting everything <laughs> else it's like the way you've set it up you fooled me definitely so you know. see the uh, the team. <laughs> Here we go. That's <laughs> it. Team. Right. Oh, and uh, and this guy. This this is this is nice. the team. We're, it's That's all you need. Right? Yeah. All you need, though, isn't it? You, yeah, you really don't need like to have. You know, I've been to shoots before where I've had a team from their side of things. I've had a team of like six, seven people. There's sound guys. There's producers. Mm. There's you know, someone there with like a freaking script, you've got runners and things like that. And I'm just there like, 
we don't need all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just me. But like, you know, it can seem quite sort of daunting when you see, you know, the really big YouTubers and they go out and they've got their like gimbal, which, you know, a gimbal is expensive as yeah. well. Like a gimbal, so for people who don't know, a gimbal is basically like a stabilizer. So when you're vlogging and you're jerk moving around and everything, it keeps sort of your focus like on your face and doesn't give you, you know, if you're like me and you're shaking in public, it's really good because it's <laughs> with you type thing. So they're about 300 quid plus you yeah. know that's not cheap for something that's part of your camera like you know i feel like a camera do a good investment start off i've only ever bought two cameras throughout the whole duration of what i've done and one of them is my big one and one of them is my now small one which ends which has ended up being better quality than my old one because i use that for about four years so the quality of the smaller one actually just ended up getting better but uh. You know, what, you don't what make have, and model was that camera? Just out of interest. Uh, the so this one is the Canon. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Uh, so this is the this is the typical one that I think a lot of vloggers use because that's how I found it. But it was yeah. the, the PowerShot G7 X Mark III. Yeah. The reason why I got the three because I did have the two, but I broke it, so that's my bad. Um, the reason why I got the three is because it's got a mic port. So over the last couple of years, I've been like using microphone and stuff because before you know this is how much I've kind of grown and even then it's such small things like a microphone you know it's like I I just used to be very vocal <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you don't need to have like the best stuff you don't need to have a team of people you don't even have to have you know any knowledge of how to edit or anything I learned everything off of YouTube and just sussing out styles and like mm. i just like the style that people like lab bible did and inside mm. and buzzfeed and i just kind of copied them to be honest i didn't do anything groundbreaking well you know like i say but the thing is you, you've developed your your channel and it, you've made it work you know you're getting like i say crazy views like some of the the ones that you've had you know fairly recently that are um you know two million views on on uh on Facebook and stuff, which is great. So, you know, and it's, it's really, really good. And, and Kate, I really appreciate you, um, you know, spending your time with us today and, and talking through your, your journey and, um, and where you've come to for now and obviously what you're planning on in the future. And we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much for that. Um, and again, obviously, um, we'll put all your social media stuff onto, onto these posts as well so that Again, obviously, if you want to see Kate's challenges and, and what she's going to be doing and traveling the country with uh, doing all these different things with her, with her friends and stuff, which will be great. So we'll keep an eye on for that. Um, so thank you, Kate. Appreciate your time. I really thank do. You. And uh, cheers, gents. Thanks for your time as well. And, and it's been it's been a really, really good podcast. I appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Honestly, yeah, it's nice. your pleasure. All right. Cheers. Thank you for listening and thank you again to Kate for coming onto the show and being so open about her journey. It just shows it doesn't need a big media production company to make your journey come true. So if you have aspirations like Kate, then just start recording now. Each and every week we'll be having more incredible guests onto our show, so please stay tuned. Don't forget to like, subscribe and comment and we'll see you next week. Take care.